हेलो इंटरनेट एंड माय फेवरेट ट्रैवलर्स वेलकम टू डेली पैसेंजर रिस्पॉन्सिबल ट्रैवल पॉडकास्ट डोंट यू थिंक द टाइटल इज अटल लॉन्ग हाउ अबाउट वेलकम टू डी पी आर टी पी डेव द सेम क्लिक बट एनी हाउ वी हैव फाइनली मेड इट इट इज द एंड ऑफ टू एंड वाई आई डोंट वॉन्ट टू बी ओवर एंथोजियास्टिक एंड चेक्स थिंग्स दिस इज इट फिफ्टीन डेज मोर एंड वी विल बी थ्रू Congrats everyone for being a fighter and having a lot of self control and for not having any babies. Now before I start any further, I would like to tell you about Suzy and Spice. Here you can find a number of interesting snacks and sweets that they deliver all across Delhi. What is special you ask? They have made sure that their packaging is eco-friendly and is created from discarded clothes. The founders have also used this opportunity to provide employment for their workers who lost their source of income. during pandemic you can check out their collection at suzy and spice on instagram before placing an order confirm if they are delivering in your area today the guest of this episode is a sort of a celebrity in herself her work to sustain a school in meghalaya got a lot of praise and coverage we have backpacked together in meghalaya and we have some very interesting stories to tell that probably won't be told in this episode but you can find those in her instagram feed Before we start please make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast on the platform you are listening also if you want to support me monetarily and help me continue this podcast then you can find buy me a coffee link in the description of the episode and purchase a coffee or book or anything that you like so without further ado here is krishna mohanty sharing a journey and other stories in this episode hi krishna uh, thanks for taking out your time to join me for this episode I am Shul. How are you? I'm good. Oh, thanks for asking. How about you? Just fine. So before we start, uh, please share a little about your work and your professional background. Okay, uh, my work. Okay, so I think I should probably start uh, from when the travel blog and everything began. So I sort of started my travel blog Darbadar with a very close friend to document our travels together some seven eight years ago. Uh, but I was just doing it for fun, right? Like. Uh, the objective was never to sort of make money from the whole thing and that attitude has changed very recently uh, my background is um, so basically i did my graduation and then post graduation in computer applications and then i worked as a developer or computer programmer for about 9 months before deciding to switch careers and pursue writing full time uh, this was about 7 years ago and ghost writing was how i forayed into the field i ghost write full length works of fiction and non fiction for authors in india and abroad and i did that almost exclusively for about 5 five, 5 five and a half years and then towards the beginning of last year i decided to completely shift my focus to travel writing and photography uh, so basically which proves that my timing is like absolutely fantastic <laughs> um so so yeah so so basically what started as a hobby several years ago i'm now looking at it very seriously so that's about it yeah i would like to let our audience know that uh, uh, krishna is a very well informed traveler and one of a kind that are not found easily these days so she is the right person to share her views on the new season of big boss so what are your thoughts krishna <laughs> मैंने तो नहीं देखा मतलब सच में 
so then it's like you know as a ptsd as a like i i start getting these flashbacks <laughs> into my traumatic past every time i hear those arguments that go on this show and uh, yeah so so i have absolutely no opinion of the show and frankly anything with salman khan in it is not to be trusted so any opinion uh, i don't want to watch big boss um megan but i have i have relieved that uh, my parents don't watch republic tv anymore So, <laughs> so much so, to be grateful for. Yeah, I'm so grateful for Big Boss to come and uh, save us all. Your work in Cherapunji has has been covered by a lot of platforms. So share a little about it. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So in 2017, I started backpacking through Meghalaya, Nagaland, and Arunachal Pradesh, um, for about a month. and there were no plans or such like i was kind of letting coincidence and serendipity sort of guide me on this journey and so but at the time i was already thinking about like why am i traveling what do i have to offer or what difference am i making by traveling the thing is that by this time i had already spent some time in some remote regions in india and then what happens is right like when you travel to the more remote parts of this country you see beauty you see a lot of beauty of course a lot of natural beauty great landscapes and things like that but then you also see a lot of poverty and you also see a lot of hardships now with travel the thing is that travel in a way trains you to only look at the nice things right around you if you know what i mean like if if you go to a place where there are stunning mountains and there is a village you know uh, right beneath that you're most likely going to photograph those mountains instead of the people even if you photograph the people i think you the memory that you retain of the place is of those mountains rather than the people who live in that village and the challenges that they are facing so for me after a point it just sounded very stupid and lame and hollow to kind of see that oh i'm traveling to this and this place and it has changed me and blah 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 but frankly it's just it honestly just felt like exploiting people in a way i, I i'm not sure how to uh, fully explain that but it just it felt very hollow it's a privilege right travel is a privilege at the end of the day and i wanted to do something so that i could use this privilege in a more productive way where i was giving back instead of just taking and instead of just creating travel content like that was not going to uh, this this sort of traveling just for the heck of it was not going to work for me long term so in 2017 when i set off on that backpacking trip that was definitely there on my mind that i need to change this but i didn't know how to change this i just knew i needed to change this and i was hoping that through this trip somehow i'll find the answer so there it so happened that by complete chance i met this local man a local khasi man in meghalaya and he was just like a really nice i hardly spoke to him for i think maybe 5 10 minutes but he was just sort of uh, this this innocent there was this innocence and simplicity about him that you often associate with people who live in somewhat remote regions right so anyway so i stayed in the lodge that he owned by the way i stayed there with anshul and that is the story that he was talking about in the beginning um so i stayed there for a couple of days and then i left and then i went to nongriat where there's the double decker road bridge 
uh, and that's when he sort of contacted me and he said that hey uh, we want you to take some pictures for us because they also they run they ran this lodge and also had a homestay so they wanted me to come over and take some pictures for them and for whatever reason i said that look i uh, and they and he said that we'll pay whatever you want and i said that look i don't want your money um you just let me stay with your family wherever they live and i frankly like i don't know why i said that because now today if i were to travel again i'd probably not make such a proposition uh but anyway i did and he agreed and i had absolutely no idea of where he stayed in which village nothing of the sort so anyway i ended up going to his house and it was in a village right in the heart of cherapanji like barely 1 km away from cherapanji town and um, the village had about 600 or 700 people i think and i ended up staying with them and i discovered uh, that they were running the school the couple were running the school uh, this was like a one room school basically and they were running it for the most underprivileged children um, of the village and surrounding villages and so for example they the kids were supposed to pay an annual school fee of about 400 or 300 rupees total annual school fee and they were basically they were hiring teachers they were paying them from their own money and it's not that these uh, the couple who were running the school is not like they were very privileged they were barely making ends meet they had three biological children and with them there were seven foster children who were living with this family and these children came from really far off villages from some of the remotest parts of meghalaya and they were staying with them so that they could go to school and these guys were also providing for them and frankly i was i was just i was absolutely amazed and i was moved uh, by their endeavor it was just it was really hard running the school right like imagine so basically there's this there's a family of 12 there's a family of 12 people like even if i live in the city and even if i have like a really fancy job which i don't i would have a very tough time running a family of 12 and then also running sort of like a free school but they were doing it and they were obviously like facing a lot of challenges and they were making like a hell lot of sacrifices to keep the school running somehow like on most days they didn't even have proper meals to eat but they had been at it for several years and suddenly whatever i had been thinking about before this trip that i need to do something i need to make a change that came back again you know when i saw them and i saw the school and i continued living i lived with them for about a week i fell ill so i had to extend my stay there and i i i go to the school every day i would see how all the teachers taught in like there's this one large hall and all the classes from nursery till eighth they would all be sitting in that one big hall and the teachers would be teaching them in different groups and different parts of the classroom um then there were a lot of other challenges right like money of course was a very big problem like you have to pay back then they had about seven teachers and they were paying them from their own pockets and whatever money they were bringing in that was basically from their lodge that they were running in cherapanji and the homestay but these are very humble uh, you know like they don't make like a ton of money from it to keep all this running smoothly so i, I should backtrack here a little bit so i have worked as a volunteer for teach for india and a couple of other ngos as a teacher so for me education for the underprivileged has been something that i've been working towards uh for a very long time not necessarily in formal ways in informal or whatever i can afford to do so for me education has always been one of those things that i always keep an eye out for that how can i pitch in how can i help 
so for me it just really made sense and it it seemed that somehow the universe had you know answered my question or answered my conundrum however cliched that sounds so yeah so i remember i remember telling them do you need help and they said we want you if you can please come back and help us out and they sort of saw because i became very quickly invested in the school i would go and teach when the other teachers weren't coming i'd teach their kids as well and all the other foster kids in their house so i basically got my promise and i ended up moving to the village a year later exactly a year later in uh, november 2018 and i stayed there for almost a year almost not quite and i did quite a few things there like i worked with the teachers i provided them some basic training um i would also teach i was supposed to be the vice principal of sorts so i did a lot of other administrative tasks as well like whatever however you can pitch in and in a school like this is like there is no one single role that you need to stick to you need to do a lot of different things we also managed to uh, like construct another structure where we made three other classrooms um we managed to build toilet but we couldn't set up a water connection because it's ridiculously expensive there because the village sits on top of a hill so yeah and then i finally like another thing that i wanted to do was to set up a library there and my instagram community sort of helped me do that they sent me books from all over india and i i managed to set up a library so so yeah that's about it uh so living in a place like meghalaya or anywhere remote is always romanticized by this mm. same travel community that we have been criticizing uh but <laughs> what are the hard facts that uh, uh, hardly anyone wants to talk about first of all it you have to realize that even in a village or in any remote place there is a hierarchy of privilege there are always going to be people who are not facing certain challenges and there are always going to be a lot of people who are facing challenges the only difference is that in most regions the people who fall in the lower end of the hierarchy are lot more in number usually for me uh, when i i moved to meghalaya i was very sure that i did not want to rent out my own separate place with modern amenities i wanted to stay with them i wanted to stay with the family and i really wanted to live life the way they do so for us now another thing is that even in their house they have two separate rooms which serve like homestays so they have um like a separate bathroom along with these rooms and blah 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 um so i was staying in one of those rooms but the thing is then after a point i said that no i should probably be living exactly like them so to give you an example um charapanji faces an acute water shortage throughout the year which is very strange given how much rainfall the place receives so mostly people will have to carry water from these tanks which are set up by the municipality not the municipality but there is a public um, public health and soil department or something of the sort i don't remember the exact name so these tanks are strategically located in certain places and then you need to go to these places carry water and then come back now you have to realize that carrying water now if you imagine for example when i went back to the family in 2018 um there were five of us the couple their two children one of their biological children had shifted to shillong and there were two foster children as well so sorry that makes us uh 
two, three, four, five, six, seven. There were seven of us, right? Now imagine for seven people, even if you have to just cook and wash all the utensils or baki sab chhodo, right? Like cleaning house and all of that, forget it. Even then, you need a lot of water, right? Like for example, they wouldn't even take a bath every day. Even I didn't. Like we would bathe twice in a week to save water. कौन इतना पानी उठा के लेते हैं और फिर उसको waste कर दे नहाने में? So we would keep it only for essential purposes. That is basically for cooking, for cleaning utensils, and uh, for drinking. Right? Most people usually will head to the rivers, uh, the nearest stream, not rivers, the nearest streams or springs to wash their clothes every once in every week. So just this act of carrying water, right? And although I had a separate room and my bathroom had a water connection, that was like there was a tank overhead. And that fed water to this bathroom, but I never used it. Like I never used that water. I said, "Well, let me carry water along with them." And it's just this very simple thing of carrying water, right? For seven people, you have to go there multiple number of times, and you carry hundreds of liters of water, honestly. And it gets so tiring. It gets so so tiring. And since we were like the house was right on top of a hill. And this water tank was slightly like it was somewhere um, like you had to descend to get to the water tank a little bit, and then you had to climb up again. And you do that multiple times, and it's so exhausting. It is so damn exhausting that it just leaves very little space for you to process other things, right? So this was just one example, right? For of, uh, when I talk about water. In fact, when you go there, and if you actually have the time. If you go towards one of these villages, you will find these long queues of people who are waiting to carry water, and you will often find a lot of small kids, like kids as young as six or even seven years old. So what they do is they carry whatever little utensil they can find so that they can carry water back. Um, then, like to give you another example, right? So, for example, in our family, we didn't have like a Stove like a proper gas stove or gas connection. So we basically used this electric heater, like very old, broken electric heater. And then there was this another thing that ran on coal. And it would take so much time to cook food. Whatever I can cook here in my house with uh, modern amenities, whatever I can do in one hour, it would take me three three hours at times. Um, then to give you some more examples, like. For example, in Charapanji, the healthcare system is really bad. It's absolutely horrible, honestly. And if you have some serious affliction or something serious comes up, then you have to travel to the nearest town, which is Shillong. And a lot of people can't even afford to do that. So you will need to either get into a shared cab, which most people can do. Uh, otherwise, like you can't hire a private cab. It's just too expensive. It'll cost you a few thousands at least. So I saw my hostesses. Father died. Um, he was really sick, and he couldn't get proper treatment in Charapanji. And this man, I think, he had very severe diabetes and blood pressure, and basically his body had started bloating up. And I remember it was so tragic that we couldn't even get him into a shared cab. Right, this man couldn't even sit upright. So we were forced to hire a private cab, and we would take him to Shillong, and they spent so much money. And then eventually, that man passed away. So. Like healthcare is honestly really bad, and you only realize it if something very serious comes up. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. Even for me, that was 
a big concern for me even when i was going like i was okay with everything else but i was just wondering what if something goes bad i have epilepsy so you know if something serious happened then i would need to be taken to shillong and then like i really don't know so what happened was in fact in september i think i was going to come back to pune like i was nearing the end of about 9 or 10 months of stay there and i needed some medicines very urgently and we tried to find them in cherapanji and we couldn't find those medicines in cherapanji so then we had to go and find these medicines in shillong and even there we couldn't find them so eventually you know by pure luck somebody from guwahati was coming and so from guwahati to cherapanji it's a total drive of about 5 hours right so my medicines had to come all the way from guwahati and that too it happened by complete chance that somebody who was coming was willing to carry these medicines and give them to me in the village so very simple things like that that we take for granted it's it's a big big challenge it's a huge challenge and i think people romanticize i think a lot of times people who romanticize are people who haven't stayed in any of these places a for either long term b they have been in a somewhat higher uh, like they've been higher up in that hierarchy of privilege that i was talking about right so for example if i rented out a place with modern facilities that i would find in cherapanji if i looked for it then i would probably not be bothered about this water thing or this cooking and all of these other things but for most people these challenges are very real and they definitely make life quite hard oh i would like to add one more point so cherapanji trains a lot and most of these houses are not very well built right um unless like you're really like super rich and all of that so for example even in the house where we stayed so there was a section in which they put up an asbestos sheet there was some kind of roofing there but it was not uh, fortified roofing that was supposed to uh, that could endure this weather so it would rain and every single time it rained in the morning and especially when it rained a lot overnight in the morning the entire house would be flooded everything would be wet and everything would just waste away over months and like if you see it's very interesting but if you look at the books of most of these kids in our in our school in the school uh, where i was working you will see that all these pages have sort of you know um, how water kind of ruins that print on the pages and it makes the papers kind of strange uh, that's how all of their books are uh, barring a few exceptions here and there so so yeah this romanticization generally happens because i think people just aren't in touch with that reality that is something like seriously eye opening and the further you go into north east like in the interiors of arunachal and nagaland this healthcare and uh, other problems become more evident like i have realized yeah. this while traveling in nagaland as well right yeah and uh, i have not faced something like this uh, during my time in mangalore ganj but i have had my own ordeals of uh, food and rain so and insects i i should should not should not forget <laughs> insects like uh, that's that was uh, that is one reason that uh, i i i dread moving to mountains now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's it's so funny right like my story was covered by a couple of these publications and then a lot of started people started reaching out to me and they just wanted to know how can we move to this place and do what you were doing and i could tell that 
they were not very invested in teaching and all of those other things right it was very evident they were more invested in this romantic idea of staying in the mountain somewhere and all of that and like you have no idea what you're getting into you have absolutely no idea and the thing is right for most of these people who are staying in these villages this is the only reality they have ever known right right from the time they were kids so they have their coping mechanism but for somebody who has lived a privileged life suddenly when you go there and there is this dramatic change in your lifestyle i think most people will not be able to handle it at all like honestly i have seen travelers people who travel there for 3 4 days and they carry with them this puri of chaat masala with them because they find the food very bland so even if they so my point is that they can't even adjust to something so small for a couple of days right how are you going to stay there for months when there are so many issues and not just the ones that i have spoken about i like to give another example actually so in a lot of these places they burn their garbage right and i'm sure this happens all over india and in most villages that's what they do because there is no garbage collection system or there's no municipality at times that does the job so when i went there in 2017 i would see a similar thing that at night it was quite heartbreaking honestly because i would be standing there in the balcony i could see the milky way very clearly above me and then i would see you know like fireflies these uh, these sort of bonfires all around me and i would realize that they are burning garbage and you could smell the plastic burning in it now this practice earlier was fine because they never used plastic right they mostly use organic stuff but then things changed and now this plastic is just way more convenient unfortunately for a lot of people so that's why they've sort of they end up like using and burning a lot of plastic so for me uh, when i saw that i said that okay now if i'm going to come back i want to cut down i was already living a very minimalist life by then like i i don't use a lot of plastic in my personal life for several years now i'm not very wasteful person uh but then when i decided to go back i said that i need to look at my habits a little more harshly now and and make some tough so one of the things that i decided was that i want to carry um a menstrual cup and not sanitary napkins now for me in that moment it didn't click that there is a severe uh you know you don't have access to water very easily and then i carried it back and then of course and then it strikes me that oh shit that <laughs> is like water is not easily available right and when you carry that water in the scorching sun when you're sweating you spent hours carrying that water even if there is a single drop of water that you waste or if you spill accidentally believe me it, it actually hurts it physically hurts to see that happen so for me the only thing that i could do was for i could not I did not want to waste water so the first couple of times i did not even sterilize my cup because i just did not want to waste that water and of course that was quite dangerous and then even when i would carry all that water and then i started carrying extra water just to use that cup it was just agonizing right i'd be climbing up and down this mountain with two buckets two very big buckets of water in hand and i've i've always known this right that a lot of these new age solutions that are offered to uh, save the environment and to <laughs> protect the climate these are all very privileged uh, instruments of change they can only be used by a certain number of people with a certain access to certain facilities um and i i just 
it just struck me then that you know like a lot of people often talk about me a lot of people in the traveling space these days like travel bloggers and instagrammers they often talk about menstrual cup and every time i listen to them you know i can't i i just sort of remember everything and i find it quite amusing like i know they're not saying something bad but it's just that i think we don't realize that that solution that is offered the solution is privilege too and you need a certain set of privilege to have access to those new age solutions lastly uh, how are you planning to continue your work in the coming future now that traveling has uh, become such a risky issue to even think about even like in terms of meghalaya or cherapunji uh, and everything honestly i don't know um i've put everything on hold like of course i'm working and doing all these other things but i definitely don't plan to travel at least till february and even then i'm just going to keep a very close watch as to how things unfold um given my interest like i've been traveling in the northeastern region exclusively for 3 years now exclusively that's the only place i keep going back to manipur arunachal pradesh nagaland meghalaya and my future like some of the stories that i'm interested in covering they i need to travel to northeast to do that and like i already mentioned health facilities are really poor in a lot of these regions uh, like you rightly pointed out nagaland even manipur i've noticed in if you go to all these remote villages arunachal pradesh as well meghalaya as well so is just that it's it's very unfair to for a traveler to kind of you know barge into these places and and like if you pass it on to someone it's just it's going to be absolutely catastrophic if that thing spreads there and just honestly sure like travel is opening up in these regions but i think it is not the right thing to do to travel right now or in the next few months at least thank krishna for joining me and sharing your insights it was great talking to you i hope that we get to record another session soon in future uh, but not on zoom i guess <laughs> thank you so much anshul for having me i am it was it was quite nice talking to you and talking about all these things uh, i hope i didn't bore people too much with my really long answers and hopefully it was insightful for people yeah to our listeners uh, you can connect with krishna at okay so i'm on instagram as krishna monty and i blog at darbadar which is d a r b a d a r and you will find you can find me on facebook as well as darbadar and you can also share your feedbacks and ideas on my social platforms all the links are mentioned in this description of this episode and while you are here make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast on the platform you are listening you are listening to the daily passenger podcast this is anshul and i will be back with a new episode and a new guest soon Yay, subscribe to Anshul. <laughs> <laughs>